With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, October 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians uh, went into Detroit uh, this past weekend. Uh, they come out uh, down one manager and down to third place in the final American League Central Division standings. The 2023 regular season is over, and uh, the Guardians have, have sent uh, Terry Francona out with uh, two losses in his final two games. Uh not the way that you had hoped uh, to to send Tito out, but uh, the weekend was was full of you know not even incredibly special moments or anything like that. But uh, they they send away uh, Francona in you know just the way that Tito kind of wanted it, you know, quiet, understated, and and subdued. Uh, while over on the other side of the diamond, the 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 Tigers got to celebrate Miguel Cabrera on Sunday. And, and have a, a couple of nice things uh, as they they took him off the field in the ninth inning. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, you know, all the attention was on Miguel Cabrera, and uh, Tito got to uh, sneak out the back door. Like, I think that was the plan all along. So, uh, you know, it, w- it was uh, an interesting weekend, beautiful weather. Uh, the Tiger fans showed up big time for uh, Cabrera. Uh, it was really nice ceremony. Um, Sunday, even even Saturday, it was like you know three days of celebration for a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, it was especially nice uh, Sunday when they sent him out in the eighth inning to uh, you know to play first base, Joe. And and you pointed out those are the fo- he saw two pitches from Stephen. He was out there for two pitches. Stephen Quant sent the uh, sent the second one right to him, and uh, he he made the out at first base. The game was halted, and he got to you know leave to uh, you know just a, like five or ten minutes of a continuous uh, standing ovation. So it was it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, and you know the, his teammates came from the uh, the bullpen out onto the field. All of the the Tigers. Uh, came out to recognize him, certainly deserving of uh, all of that recognition and all that fanfare. 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. Uh, you know, when you're they're flashing stats on the scoreboard all weekend, uh, comparing him to guys like Hank Aaron and and other uh, players and in, in, in that those kinds of categories. Then uh, you know you got to stop and, and sort of think about uh, after 21 years, this is a guy who who won't be. 
uh, in the game of baseball anymore. And his personality was just sort of uh, that that big and that that sort of all encompassing. So, uh, you know, definitely deserving 41,000 fans there uh, at Comerica Park. Uh, two sellouts on Saturday and Sunday, the first two sellouts back to back in Detroit since 2014. Uh, so it's been a while uh, in, in terms of them uh, selling out back to back regular season games. Uh, all, all very deserving for Miguel Cabrera. But meanwhile, on the other side, it was it was poignant to sort of look over and see uh, Terry Francona just sitting there taking it all in. Uh, he had he had taken out the the lineup card. Uh, I, I'm thinking it was the first time this year that he had done that. I hadn't seen him do it at all uh, any of the games that I watched uh, this year. Uh, normally it was uh, DeMarlo Hale who would, who would take the lineup card out for him uh, during the, the pregame meeting with the umpires and uh, the opposing manager. But uh, this time it was Tito. It was one last time to do it. And, uh, you know, that was uh, it, it was kind of just uh, understated, subdued. The attention, you're right, wasn't on Tito. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, as the Guardians players, you know, after a loss, Tito normally just hightails it to his to his office. But after uh, Sunday's game, he he stayed out there. He he made sure he he hugged all the players coming off the field and hugged everybody in the dugout, and, and you know made made sure to touch everybody and, and say you know hey thank you uh, because it was all about the the players in, in Tito's mind. So uh, just a, an interesting scene at Comerica Park after the game as everybody's just sort of breaking up and and flying off to their different parts. And, you know, not a lot of the guys took a, a team flight home. Some of them departed right from Detroit and, and, and headed out. And that was, you know, the last time that they were going to be together as a team. Uh, I think it was interesting uh, when when history looks back on this edition of the, the, the 2023 Cleveland Guardians. This was a team that had a, a lot of that set itself up for a lot of expectations and in a lot of ways didn't come through and, and fulfill a lot of those. Yeah, you know, finished 76 and 86 uh, in third place, Joe. I think the first time since 2015 they haven't, Cleveland hasn't won the division or at least finished second. Uh, you know, the, and uh, <laughs> it was like, you're right, the, you know, coming off that great season in uh, 2022, kind of out of nowhere season, 92 wins. They win the wild card series. They uh, take the Yankees to five games in the ALDS. Um, you know, so there was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations on this team. And, uh, you know, the uh, base, the gods of baseball said, not you guys aren't quite ready yet. And uh, they had to take a step back. Uh, injuries hurt them, you know, losing the three key starters in the rotation certainly set them back. Uh, and, uh, you know, overall lack of production from the offense hurt as well. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You know, the, the the gods of baseball said they they're not ready yet, and you know there was all that talk about being the youngest team in baseball last season, and you know they 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 didn't get as far this year with a team that was just as young, or if not younger. Uh, and meanwhile, other teams in the division also sort of caught up to them in terms of uh, you know getting younger and still being competitive. You look over at the Twins. There's a lot of young players on that Twins roster who are are contributing for them. Uh, you look at the at the the Royals and the the uh, the, the Tigers. Now uh, they're all the, the, this division is young, uh, and so in a, in a few years this could be a very competitive division if uh, if these players 
all gel and, and, and develop together. Yeah, Joe, I think they stole the page from Cleveland's uh, playbook. You know, not just uh, the AL Central teams, but everybody throughout baseball. You know, Cleveland was kind of ahead of the curve last year. You know, they, they were playing small ball. They were stealing bases. Uh, you know, they were hitting, you know, they were just, they were, they were, they were, you know, they were an action offense. And I think they caught the rest of the teams kind of on their heels. But when the new rules came in, the lack of shift, you know, the restrictions on shifting, the bigger bases, the limitations on pickoff throws, I think that opened this whole game up. And uh, Cleveland got kind of, kind of, it seemed to me, got beat at their own game, Joe, in a lot of instances this season. Yeah, particularly uh, you know in the, in the running game uh, when when you don't have a catcher uh, like a Roberto Perez who can control the game uh, defensively, uh, you're breaking in a guy. Bo Naylor handled himself very well in the second half of the year, but uh, I, you know he's still not the the finished product behind the plate by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, I, I think that that uh, that aspect of things, the 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 way that they uh, you know ran their offense last season and sort of translated well for other teams. Uh, now they've got to find the the next sort of evolution of their game. And, and, and that's not going to be with Terry Francona in the dugout uh, coming to a close his 11 seasons uh, on the bench in Cleveland. It was, it was good to be around Tito for these, these final games. He, he sort of seemed like he was at peace with the decision and, and at peace with everything that that's that's going to transpire over the next couple of days. Yeah, that's the, that's the key that I picked up from, you know, even when he, uh, you know, made the uh, kind of hinted at the announcement or really kind of out and made the announcement without making it in, at the end of August, you know, within a, the, the next couple of days of, you know, of games of, you know, just the way he managed, you know, he looked like the the weight of the world was off his shoulders to me. You know, he kind of opened up. He started laughing again. He started smiling again, started cracking jokes. It was like, okay, I can see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel here. I've made my decision, you know, and I'm not looking back. And, uh, you know, let's just uh, go from here, finish the season and see what life has to offer him for the, you know, you know, going into next year. So, you know, I, you know, I, I really think he's, he was comfortable with the decision. I'm sure he's going to miss the game. He says he's, he doesn't think he will, but you know, when, when, uh, you know, when, when February rolls around and March rolls around next year, I'm sure it's going to be like, you know, instinct to start packing to, to go to spring training, but you know, you know, he's earned a rest you know, hopefully he recovers from these surgeries that he's got coming up this month, and uh, he enjoys whatever awaits him. Yeah, the the big thing for Tito is is getting healthy and and getting getting himself right. Uh, you know, he says he's got doctor's appointments in the next couple of days to to map out. You know, when they're going to do all these surgeries, they're going to take care of like two or three things at, in in one shot. So uh, that should be good. But he's he's got to have. Uh, you know, the big one, I think, is is the shoulder surgery. That's going to be tough for him uh, as as you know, it's not an easy one to recover from. Uh, but then when he's back up on his feet, it's going to be great to see him uh, to see where he ends up and what he ends up doing uh, in, in terms of in the in the years to come. Will he be a part of, of some organization or will he keep himself at a distance from from baseball and, and just, uh, you know, enjoy retirement and, and enjoy his grandkids like he keeps talking about. And, and, and uh, you know, you, you could tell that that's something that, that he's really looking forward to. 
being around the, the the club there, we we sort of stood in the hallway outside the uh, the clubhouse at at Detroit for maybe a, a little bit longer than we normally would after a, a post game, uh, just to sort of take in the 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 sights of uh, you know the, of a getaway day. It was a uh, you know the big getaway day uh, as guys were some guys were wheeling out suitcases and you could tell that they were you know heading home. They'd already done their exit interviews and and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, just to to see what goes on when you know that there's no game 163, uh, I think that was uh, an interesting thing to to sort of take in yesterday as well. Yeah, when it ends, it ends fast, Joe. You know, 161, <laughs> and then they and then the players scatter to the wind, if, especially if you're on the road. You know, so uh, these guys, but uh, you know, some guys got to come back, clean out their lockers. But I think guys were doing that, you know, before this this last uh, final trip to uh, Detroit. So uh, you know, like. Uh, Eli Morgan, we saw, you know, headed out. Uh, I think uh, Tyler Freeman was headed out. They were all headed home, you know, uh, straight from Detroit. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's kind of, you know, uh, it, 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 it you know you see every in spring training, everyone reports, everybody's excited to uh, see each other, you know, and then uh, you know, like a, in a heartbeat, the season is over. And uh, we're standing outside the locker room in Detroit and guys are saying goodbye and and headed home. And uh, I know it's not, you know, six months can, uh, you know, can can whiz by, man. It it just Mm -hmm. it's gone by in in the blink of an eye. But when you look at the schedule on, you know, on uh, March 31st, it seems like it's going to last forever. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it it's daunting in March, and it's uh, it, you look back and and then you look and and say where did it all go uh, at the end. Uh, Want to remind our listeners, uh, subtext is the best way to navigate this off season with the Guardians, and it's going to be a huge one. Uh, the the future of the franchise is going to be determined uh, by this managerial search, I think, and uh, you want to be tuned in and and locked in with Hoinsey and myself as as we give you updates. Uh, throughout the offseason as to what we're hearing and what we're seeing. Uh, tomorrow's a big day with uh, the, the sort of season wrap-up with Tito and uh, uh, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, and the front office. Whatever we find out uh, during that uh, post uh, sort of post-mortem wrap-up is, is what, uh, you know, we'll be sending out to our subtexters. Uh, you can join for $3.99 a month throughout the offseason at 216-208-4346. Send a text message there to sign up or go to cleveland.com slash subtext uh, and, and sign up for, for subtext. We, we'd love to hear from you as a part of our uh, texting community. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, speaking of the managerial search, which has been uh, underway in the, in the uh, in background, uh, you know, going on, ongoing for, for about a month and, uh, you know, maybe even longer than that. A couple of uh, maybe candidates, but not really candidates uh, becoming open uh, over the over the weekend. Uh, Gabe Kapler uh, dismissed as the manager of the uh, San Francisco Giants and Buck Showalter let go after two years managing the New York Mets. Uh, I, I know personally and I think I know the answer to both of these questions, but what do you think the chances are either of these guys uh, is in any way considered uh, for the guardian spot? You know, I, I, I don't see that happening, Joe. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, um, you know, 
you know, Joe Walters, a, an older, obviously, you know, successful manager, just got fired by the Mets. Uh, he's been around forever. Um, I, you know, I, I would, I would be surprised if, if he's, if he's on the, on the, the guardians list and the same with Gabe Kapler, I think, uh, you know, you know, Kapler maybe, you know, but I, I, I just don't see either one of those guys. I, I would think, you know, Kapler's bench coach, the guy that, that took over as the interim manager, Kai Correa could, uh, could, could be a, could be an interesting, uh, candidate for Cleveland. Obviously, you know, he was a coach in Cleveland's minor league system, worked for the, worked with the infielders for two or three years. I think he was highly thought of when, when he left, uh, and, you know, took a job with, uh, you know, the, the, the Giants big league staff. So, or maybe the Giants can take, you know, what would hire him. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, he's a guy to, to, uh, name to remember. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think Gabe Kapler is somebody who, fits the mold of what, you know, maybe the Guardians would be looking for in terms of a younger manager, a guy who who handles analytics the way he does uh, and 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 melds it with uh, the old school sort of way of thinking and playing. Uh but I don't think the the personality is a fit. I actually with Showalter and uh Kapler, I don't think the personalities are a fit in in either case for Cleveland's managerial spot and I think both of those uh, spots opening up, like you said, uh, San Francisco pretty much has a pre-made candidate ready and waiting to to sort of you know their their best candidate might be already on their staff in Kai Correa. Uh, Showalter's uh, you know opening up the New York spot, you know that sort of puts puts it out there as a, a competitor to uh, you know Cleveland's open spot right now. Those are those are three attractive. Uh, you know, landing spots for potential managers, and and if you're a guy who's who's being considered for for either one of those, any one of those spots, you know, are are you going to pick San Francisco? Are you going to pick New York? Or are you going to pick Cleveland? Uh, I think it puts Cleveland maybe in a in a more competitive spot now uh, up against New York. Uh, a, a manager's going to have to going to have to choose. Uh, obviously. Uh, you know, with the money that that the the Mets can throw at you, uh, I think that's uh, that's something you can have to consider, and and it's just a, a more of a high profile situation. I think both San Francisco and New York are more high profile situations. Uh, where do you want to be as a as a manager, especially if you're a younger guy getting your first job? Yeah, you know they're gonna, you know you're gonna, um, the Mets and Giants are gonna have big payrolls, you know over a hundred mil. You know the Mets had the biggest payroll in history this past season. They're gonna spend money, uh, you know. So you know if you want, if you want to go there, yes, you know. But if you go to, you know, you go to the go to the Mets, that's the, uh, you know, the pressure boiler or the, the you know, that's the crock pot of, uh, of baseball. You're going to, there's going to be pressure. Uh, you, you have a th- over what a $300 million payroll. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of guys that are, you know, sitting there on long-term contracts, uh, you know, interesting, an interesting job. The giants, you know, kind of what uh, a couple years ago, they won 107 games, but uh, they've been struggling since. They've got a front office that, you know, has has tried to get uh, big name players. They missed on Correa, you know, uh, last year. But they are willing to spend money, you know. And and you're in a tough, tough division with the they Dodgers. Missed they, they missed on Aaron Judge last year. And Aaron Judge, yeah, <laughs> it was from first San they missed Francisco. on Judge, then they missed on Correa. So, 
yeah, uh, it, it seems like San Francisco's got the the marching orders. Hey, go out and do whatever you want. Yeah, uh, they just haven't been able to close the deal. And they're highly, uh, highly analytically, you know, driven. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be, I mean, you know, I think uh, Cleveland is, you know, it's, it's really kind of a an interesting, uh, you know, and it, it, they're in an interesting spot. They're in a division that we, you know, is improving, but you know, with a few a few moves, they 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 showed that they, uh, you know, they they can they've been competitive, you know, since the the, the day the division was formed. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, you know, it's, it, it, they should be able to bounce back from this from this season, but they've got to make some moves, obviously, Joe. But it's it's an attractive spot for for a manager, especially a younger manager, kind of feeling his way. Do both of those uh, positions, New York and San Francisco, have to be filled before Cleveland? Uh, not have to be filled, but will both of those uh, positions be filled before Cleveland makes an announcement on a manager? Uh, in in your mind. I, you know, I don't think so. I think Cleveland has had a head start on this thing. You know, uh, Frank Kona really kind of gave them the uh, the green light, the front office, the green light when, you know, he decided in August that he was going to step down. So, you know, Chernoff and Antonetti have been working at this since then, the whole front office. You know, I'm not saying, uh, you know, the Mets and the Giants didn't know they were going to make a move at that at that point either. But, you know, I, I really think uh, the, the work uh, – that the, the work that the, uh, the front office has already done will help. And I think, you know, over the last couple of years, Joe, they've had to, you know, they've had to be preparing a list of managerial can- candidates based mm-hmm. on Tito's health. You know, they didn't, right. they really didn't know if he was coming back or when he'd be back or if he'd, you know, call it, call it quits after, you know, two or three years ago. So, you know, they, this has been in the works for a while. Yeah, and there will be plenty of time uh, this offseason uh, in the next week or so to to discuss, you know, what guys like Sandy Alomar, guys like managerial candidates who put out a list of 15 candidates who, who could be, you know, internal and uh, external uh, to the organization. So we'll, we'll go through those all uh, later on this week and, and start picking those apart, uh, you know, but th- there will be more time to do that uh, as we uh, move forward. I uh, wanted to mention, uh, on a sad note, uh, Tim Wakefield, 200-game uh, winner uh, and a, you know, a legend in Boston, spent eight seasons, uh, eight of his 17 seasons, uh, being managed by Terry Francona in Boston, uh, and you know he retired in 2011, uh, Francona's last season with the uh, the Red Sox. Uh, Wakefield passed away after uh, a battle with uh, brain cancer over the weekend. Uh, it was a long, uh, long illness. Uh, it was, came to light after, uh, you know, his former teammate, Kurt Schilling, uh, sort of outed him uh, in the media uh, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, just Tim Wakefield, uh, really highly thought of and really well regarded. And, and Tito seemed pretty, pretty shaken up and pretty stunned by the news uh, when we talked to him after the game yesterday. Yeah, you know, he was, uh, you know, Wakefield was, like you said, you know, kind of a 200-game winner. Uh, he pitched for Francona and helped them win the, the World Series in 2004 and 2007 in, Bo- in Boston. You know, you could tell it, it, it hurt them, you know, that that this that they were close. Um, and, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you, you, you're only 57 years old, uh, just gone way, way too soon. 
And, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, I, I loved what Aaron, Aaron uh, Boone was saying. Booney uh, hit the home run against uh, against Wakefield that, that put the Yankees in the World Series. And he, you know, he was beside, you know, he was beside himself when he heard that that he that he had died. So just uh, really, really uh, a sad note. And uh, and, and yesterday it was. It was, you know, you just, you just never know what life is going to throw at you, Joe. I mean, here, here it is. Uh, Tito's getting, getting ready to walk off into the, uh, the into the sun, into the sunset, and uh, and he gets this news uh, just before the game that uh, Tim Wakefield had died, and uh, you know, you just, it's always a balancing act. Yeah, it it just seemed so so out of place and so wrong, uh, not just because it was Tito's last game, but. You know, you're trying to deal with the emotions of, you know, a 23 year managerial career coming to an end. And all of a sudden, one of the guys who who enriched your experience as a as a manager and, and made your your life better uh, as a as as a coach and a, and a person, uh, it was was just taken way too soon. And uh, it's you know, it's never an easy thing to do. And, and Terry Francona has had to deal with that. Uh, on way too many occasions and, and stuff like that throughout his 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 career, I'm sure it's one thing uh, that he will not miss uh, as as he steps away is is having to to be the out front face of you know when not just good things happen but you know when when tragedy strikes and and, and that kind of stuff and when you're the manager uh, you know you're the guy that everybody turns to and uh, you know this is. This is going to be Tito's time for, you know, not he doesn't have to take those phone calls anymore. He doesn't have to take those interviews, uh, at least for the time being. And, and I'm sure that's something that uh, is welcome for him. Uh, wanted to finish up today just, uh, you know, spending uh, five minutes uh, talking about uh, the numbers and the statistics and where the, the Guardians ended up in terms of, their run production and their their home runs and and what needs to change in order to to move this team forward. Uh, we we sort of alluded to it earlier in this podcast, but but really when you dig down on some of these numbers and and I know Hoinsey, you've been uh, been sitting there like an accountant, sort of uh, <laughs> you know pouring over the the lists and the final stats as as everything came up uh, you know uh, final this morning. Uh, the it, it, it when when you look at the numbers and you look at the home run numbers in particular, it's it's easy to see. It's no surprise that uh, the Guardians slipped from uh, you know the top of the perch in the American League Central uh, to third place. And and this this off season is going to be interesting to see what direction they go in and how they try to address those numbers uh, because what they did it, you know what they did in the off season last year didn't seem to really work out. Yeah, Joe. The one, the couple numbers really jumped out at me. The Twins win the uh, win the uh, AL Central. Their top their top RBI guy was Max Kepler with 66. You know, the Guardians had two guys with more RBIs than that. But what the but what the Guardians didn't have and the Twins did have, the Twins had 12 guys with 10 or more home runs. The Guardians had five. You know, the, the Twins. Uh, the Guardians, obviously, we all know they, they they finished last in the league and and in and in the big leagues with uh, with 120 124 home runs. Uh, but here's the top three, the top six teams in top six playoff teams in the AL in in American League and their home run totals. The Twins and Texas 
tie, are tied with 233 each. Tampa Bay, 230. Houston, 222. Uh, Toronto, 188. The, the Orioles, 183. Joe, something's got to change here. You, the, Cleveland cannot compete if they're not going to hit the ball out of the park. And the, the rest of the league is, cha- you know, has caught up to their, you know, small ball approach, contact first approach, you know, and, and they just, they've got to find ways to score runs. They've got to add some production to this lineup or, you know, they're, they're going to be in, this is, this is not going to change overnight. Well, uh, and and these are questions that we're going to ask Antonetti and Chernoff tomorrow about, you know, what they do to address this. But I I don't think that they have uh, an immediate answer or or a snap your finger kind of solution to, well, if if it were as easy as going out and saying, okay, uh, you know, George Valera is going to hit 20 home runs next year uh, playing right field or, uh, you know, somebody else, they're going to bring somebody in to do that. they you can't just magically grow a, a 30 home run hitter uh, in, in in your your farm system. It it it, it doesn't happen that way, uh, at least not for this franchise. That uh, they, they they're going to need to spend money, or they're going to need to make a big trade. One of those two things has to has to happen, don't you think? Yeah, they've got to they've got to add at least one or two two big hitters here. I mean, you know, we've said this time and time again. You know, they they went out and uh, you know they got uh, you know they they added Josh Bell, they added uh, Zanino over the winter. Both of those didn't didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, you know, but do they does that stop them from trying again? I I don't know, but uh, you know. Obviously, if they want to be competitive in the AL Central, a division that's improving, they have to score more runs. The, the Twins scored, you know, won the division. They scored 778 runs, Joe. The 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 you know the Guardians scored 662. The the Twins scored more than 100 runs, you know, uh, than, than Cleveland. I mean, over 162 games. You know that that's why they're going to the postseason, and Cleveland is staying home. Uh, just, uh, as we're recording here, it's, uh, you know, noon, uh, time around Cleveland, uh, Bob Nightingale, uh, tweeting, uh, you know, want to get this in there. Uh, Bob Nightingale posted, uh, to X, not Twitter. I'm sorry. Uh, that the guardians have already started their interview process to replace manager Terry Francona. Uh, so that tells me that somebody was interviewed today. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know a uh, specific name. Uh, we didn't see who that was, but uh, we're not surprised by that, uh, that the, the interview process has already started. No, not at all. Uh, you know, th- there's no really time frame for a team to, uh, you know, to ask another team for permission to talk to someone, to talk to one of their employees, uh, you know, so they can do that during the season. They can do it during the postseason, you know, obviously do it, do it during the off season. I'm sure, you know, the, the process, you know, is, is, is probably, you know, hasn't, isn't up and running full speed, but I'm sure it's, uh, you know, it's been, uh, you know, it, it's moving forward right now. All right, uh, that's going to take us to the end of uh, today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Big day tomorrow with the uh, the season wrap-up with Tito and with Antonetti and Chernoff. Uh, we will have a full report uh, following uh, tomorrow's uh, festivities. Uh, we'll bring you a podcast at that point, and uh, hopefully we'll have a little more clarity on what the, uh, the future holds for the Guardians. 
uh, certainly for this offseason. Hoinsey, uh, can't wait to get started with the offseason with you uh, once again here on Cleveland.com. Uh, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 